Hello. Welcome to the Market Weekly Podcast. I'm Andrew Craig, co-head of the Investment and Insights Centre. And I'm joined today by Daniel Morris, our Chief Market Strategist. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, our topic this morning is our annual investment outlook, this year entitled Shooting the Rapids. We are emerging from a momentous year. We had hoped to be emerging from the global pandemic, and we've experienced a year when we've seen how difficult restarting a stalled global economy is. We've had disrupted supply chains. We're seeing fundamental shifts in demand and consumer behavior. So we're still shooting the rapids. What are the macroeconomic themes evoked in the 2022 outlook? Thanks, Andrew. Uh, Yeah, let me pick up on the title and maybe explain what we were trying to convey by that. And if any of you have gone whitewater rafting, uh, you know what it's like when you're in the raft and you're approaching a point uh, in the river where it narrows and you can feel the water start to accelerate as you go through the passage and, and you see the rocks ahead. And that's a bit how we see the next year. So on one hand, Uh, The good news is that growth is very good globally. We're recovering from the lockdowns last year, so almost inevitably, uh, from a growth perspective, things are better, and we're not particularly concerned about the outlook for growth next year. Uh, The challenge, of course, is we now have all this pent-up demand that's been released, this demand that's shifting from goods to services as we come out of lockdowns, and we can hopefully fully start doing the things that we weren't able to do last year, like travel and go to restaurants. Uh, But on the other hand, the ability of the global economy to provide those goods, and in some cases, those services, is limited. And that's ultimately what's driving the surprising inflationary pressure that we've had over the last several months, Uh, this inability of the economy on the supply side to meet the demands uh, of households and businesses. So in a sense, it's a good problem to have. Again, growth is strong, and that's fundamentally uh, probably the most important thing when you're thinking about the outlook for markets. But clearly, as you pointed out, this adjustment uh, has been much more challenging than we anticipated. It certainly has. Now, obviously, the important question for our listeners, for investors, is what does all this mean for financial markets in 2022? How do you see this playing out in the different asset classes across financial markets? I'll start with what our base case is, and then perhaps we can touch on some of the risks, uh, because uh, needless to say, none of us have that crystal ball. First thing I'd say is clearly, you know, top of mind for most people is inflation. Uh, and if we think about markets, then, you know, honestly, that's a generally a pretty benign environment for equities. We've seen equities do well this year. We anticipate they will outperform fixed income next year. Uh, and that's because, as we've seen, if prices are rising, uh, generally that translates pretty well through to revenues and consequently corporate profits don't suffer. So in general, uh, overweight equities and don't really see inflation as being a problem for equity markets. Now, of course, higher inflation normally means higher nominal bond yields, and that inevitably leads you to be a bit more concerned about the fixed income side. Uh, We are particularly underweight U.S. Treasuries, primarily because we see the most inflationary pressure in the U.S., or at least relative to Europe. And also the expectation that the Fed will tighten policy more than we're going to see from the European Central Bank. And both of those factors argue for higher nominal yields and certainly concerned about that. 
What are the risks then? Well, I'd say they're, they're twofold. Uh, when you look historically at inflation and equities, where inflation becomes a problem uh, is when the central banks start to get nervous about that inflation and start tightening policy. And then, of course, it depends how quickly and how much, uh, but it's that transition to tighter policy in order to bring down inflation that ultimately can trip up equities. So certainly cognizant of the risk that the Fed tightens more than the markets expect, more quickly than the markets expect. Uh, and if it is fast enough and high enough, you know, ultimately that could prompt a sell-off in equities. Possibility, not our base case, but certainly something we keep in mind. Uh, related to that, the other risk would, as it often is in these situations, a central bank policy error. And what's interesting now is you do see a wide range of, I guess, potential central bank responses to the current environment. Uh, on one end, the ECB, quite dovish, still insisting uh, they do see inflation as temporary. They do not plan to hike rates anytime in the near term. Uh, and at the other uh, end, you have arguably the Bank of England, which many investors thought were ready to hike rates at the last meeting. So we'll see who has, shall we say, the right policy. Uh, but almost inevitably, someone seems like they're going to make a mistake. Uh, and it's that central bank policy error that uh, is probably one of the biggest risks that markets faced in the next year. Yes. And of course, we, we've had uh, a lot of uh, news recently. Omicron has come into our lives and it does seem as if Fed Chair uh, Powell is beginning to pivot away from his view on inflation being transitory. So these, these are fairly major shifts in, in, in thinking and uh, with uh, potentially major implications for uh, the economies uh, and markets next year. How, how do you splice these into your outlook? Well, yes, that highlights the, the challenges one faces when you try to make forecasts and then things happen and calls into question your forecast. You're right, there are two uh, major events. They don't necessarily change our expectations, though. You mentioned, of course, Omicron. Uh, at this point, uh, and we'll acknowledge, like everyone else, we're really waiting to see how it evolves, uh, how infectious, what the, the healthcare effects are. But we are, for the time being, uh, seeing a parallel, hopefully, between Omicron and Delta meaning that, yes, it does slow down the recovery, but it doesn't derail it. Uh, so we don't get back to that full reopening quite as quickly as we had hoped, but we're still moving in that direction. And so fundamentally, uh, on the demand side and on the supply side, uh, doesn't really change uh, what we expect for next year. But of course, wait and see. On the Fed side, uh, yes, quite notable that, that Powell was suggesting uh, dropping the transitory adjective for inflation. Uh, but in a sense, they're not really changing what they believe, but perhaps uh, how they're communicating it. And in their defense, uh, we also do ultimately see the inflationary pressures as transitory. I think really what's changing is how the public interpreted the word transitory and really thinking of it more in a temporal sense that this inflation would last for a few months. Uh, at most a year, and I think now we appreciate it is going to go on for a bit longer. But ultimately, uh, and I think the Fed still does believe it will change, and it's not going to lead to a permanently higher level of inflation. And in that sense, it will prove to be transitory. But I, I think they've realized it's not helping uh, in their communication to keep focusing on that word, given how high inflation is now uh, and how long it's been at this level. Uh, 
consequently, uh, as I mentioned, we do still see inflation as broadly positive for equities. We do need to think about uh, how the Fed will respond to it. But I think it's worth highlighting that even before Powell uh, made his most recent comments, the markets were already pricing in uh, around three hikes from the Fed next year, which is more than the Fed itself had suggested it was going to do. So really what's happened perhaps is is the Fed is kind of caught up to the market, uh, but it hasn't really changed the market's expectations. Daniel, thank you very much. If I summarize rapidly, um, our investment outlook for 2022, shooting the rapids, talks about the issues arising for the global economy uh, from the fact that we have seen major disruption in the supply chains and also on the demand side with a shift in demand uh, away from services to goods. And the outcome has been a sharp rise in inflationary pressure, particularly in the US economy. Now, this seems to be leading to a shift in thinking at the US Federal Reserve about interest rate policy. That obviously has uh, major implications for financial markets. We are expecting the start of a uh, cycle of rate hikes from the US Federal Reserve in the middle of 2022. Broadly speaking, our view is that this rise in inflation will not be so significant as to represent a problem for equity markets. On the contrary, it's something which will probably be beneficial and and, and favour equities. Of course, it's less favourable to fixed income markets. And the big known unknown for 2022 is how fixed income markets will cope with uh, a stronger rise in inflation than has been expected and with, above all, uh, rate hikes at the US Federal Reserve. These are the topics that we expose in the macroeconomic section of the investment outlook. Uh, and then we go on to look at the main themes that we see for investors in 2022. Now, those themes are sustainability. What does meeting the sustainable development goals require us to do in terms of thinking about the macroeconomic responses? That's a contribution from Alex Bernhardt, our Global Head of Sustainability Research. The other themes that we talk about in the investment outlook are thematic investing in environmental themes, which we see as a very major theme for 2022. Talking about the outlook for disruptive tech from our equity team in Boston, and then a China outlook, some unconventional thoughts from Chilo, our senior market strategist for APAC. It's a very, very good read, and I encourage all of our listeners uh, to reach out to their BNP Paribas asset management contact for a copy of this year's investment outlook. That's all we have time for today. If you'd like more information, do please reach out to your BNP Paribas asset management contact and check out our Investors Corner blog. And for those listeners who have devices with Alexa, you can ask Alexa to enable Investment Insights or search for Investment Insights on Amazon under the category Alexa Skills. My thanks to Daniel for sharing his insights with us today. Please join him again next week when he'll be speaking with Zikai Chen, Head of Asian Equities from our Hong Kong office. Until then, we hope you all stay safe and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management.
Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.